This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, I'm here with my only friends, and you know that includes my dude, Tortua. I think we have to censor him. I need, I need my own, uh, what are they called? I should have put two sets. Those yeah. are yours. Why is he selfishly keeping <laughs> your gifts? Yeah, throw me one. Throw me one. There we go. Wow, Stonehands Lamana finally yeah. comes through. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone I knew when I was younger. Soft named, hands, baby. Someone I knew when I was younger named Stone Feet Tony because he couldn't run. <laughs> why would so you just call him Fred Flintstone? No, because they're cinder block feet, you know? Oh, I get it. I get it. Flintstones were before Legendary. your time. He definitely got that like nickname in like football, right? Yeah, it was football. Yeah. Uh, my dad. So, so did Lamana. Yeah. yeah. All nicknames come from Guess who gave me that nickname? Berkey. Right before he ditched me. <laughs> tell me you had good hands. Go ahead. Tell me. I yeah. saw him catch that. Matter. That was, was pretty fast. quick. Nobody could fucking catch me. I was. The tortoise was fast back then. <laughs> he was. He was. He was formerly the hair. Mm -hmm. This is true. He was also on HGH. Yeah. He's probably, probably something to do with he it. was an enhanced tortoise. <laughs> when great. did you did you play football the whole way through high school? Oh yeah. Did you? When did you lose four your starting job? Four years of collegiate job? too. No. 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 <laughs> didn't even go to four years of college. Alabama. I was Alabama's running when, back. When did you lose the running back position? I know Glenn took over senior year, but did you lose it to Denny Pryor? They never, listen, they, no, they like, no literally never Glenn. gave me a chance. These fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching. Listen, fucking coach. he didn't Mamrock. lose the position. No, he he they, quit. They, 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 like, they literally never gave me a shot. They're just like, you're going to play tight end. I'm like, what? Tight end? I've never played tight end. With all the, with those life. good hands like, With those yes. stone hands of yours? Wait, this is when you Glenn. Think, you think they were throwing me the ball? No, they're like, block this guy. <laughs> this is when like, Glenn came to town, right? Glenn was okay, always listen, in town first. Yeah, no, listen, that was senior year. Like one hundred percent, he should be the running back. But like, <laughs> yeah, he, he but played like one year of high school ball yeah. and then started a, a D two yeah. Clarion his freshman year. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dave Coyle, who was a beast, was like the fullback. They gave him like a lot of runs because he was just a beast and grumped the middle and smashed people. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I yeah, just, Leechburg football, real smash mouth football there. <laughs> We got our face, our smiles smashed in a lot. <laughs> Did you play football in high school? No, no man. Pussy. No, we were so <laughs> bad. We were absolutely atrocious, and uh, I was I was in my, my all the big kids didn't play. That's yeah, why we that's sucked. True. That is very true. All the big athletic kids were very soft inside, so they didn't want to no, get hit. I would have I would have signed up immediately if they would have told me I was going to be tight end and would get the ball. Mm -hmm. I quit. I quit. Uh, when I would turn 13, so he, our... So he's self, selfish. That's what no, no, no. Well, kind of. <laughs> yes, actually. Actually, you're, you're correct. When uh, we played... I, I keep... I, I don't know what... Peewee football, let's mm -hmm. call it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the correct terminology is. I know what I want to say in my head, but I'm not going to. I think it's Pop Warner, right? No, we didn't have no Pop fucking Warner. Uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Oh, man. I know what he wants to say. He wants to say midget football. Yeah, that's what it was called <laughs> when we were kids. Peewee football? I said Peewee, but oh, yeah. uh, that, that seems like it's uh, like younger than what we actually were. Like We were 12 and 13. Yeah, it's called Peewee football. Uh, anyway, um, I played when I was 12, and... 
it was me and Michael Shutt. We were the two biggest kids on the team by a long shot. We were both like already six foot. I played football. Uh, you were six foot at 13? Yeah. What? I was like, uh, actually. You stopped growing at 13? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I did. I stopped growing at 13. So I, when I was 12, I was like 5'9 or so. And I was like 133 pounds. I remember this because there was a weight limit. It was 128 pounds. And I had to fight to make weight every single mm -hmm. every single Spitting year. In a cup you're still shit. lanky as fuck. I mean, if you're 5'9", 133. No, I was, I was still chubby at that point. Wow, But then I grew like three inches over the year. And I was going to try. They bumped the weight up that year to like 131. And I basically grew three inches and didn't put on very much weight. So I was like 135 to 138-ish. And I thought I could make weight. But I'll never forget, uh, Cap shows up at my house with a playbook and he hands me the playbook for left tackle and I just handed it right back <laughs> right. to him. Yeah, you said fuck that, yeah, no shot. So Shut was our center and I was our left tackle and I was just like, this is insane. Like, we obviously didn't throw the ball ever. So they could have appeased me and just like made me a pulling tight end that just blocked 99% of the time anyway, but in my head, I would have thought I could get the ball once in a while. No, no, no. No. Why they, would you do that when you had me and Denny on the team? Denny, Denny and I were like the fastest kids in school, and they would just hand us the ball, and we'd just run up and down the field. That's true. It was when great. I, when I was 12, I played defensive line. I also played D-line, which I fucking loved. I loved it, too. I was not the size to be playing defensive line. So <laughs> that was another thing that annoyed me. They would only give me breathers on defense. <clears throat> And I, I loved playing D-line. I also didn't understand the purpose of D-line uh, in the sense that like you're supposed to be the front line that'll, that frees up your linebackers mm -hmm. to make plays. I would just shoot the gap. Oh, of course. That, all the that time. was the fun part. All the time. I would just shoot the gap, and I'm making all these plays in the backfield, and I think I'm like this genius, and I'm getting reamed out when I go to the sidelines because I never even made contact with a lineman along the way. And I'm like, who gives a shit the linebackers get hit if I'm making plays, man? <laughs> God, I'll, I'll never forget when Berkey and Gumby quit because they were like, you know, big athletic kids. We wanted them on our team, right? And they're like, you guys suck because we, were, we weren't good. We played for the Kiski Valley Lancers. Oh, yeah. We Gum bad. Gumby should have right. quit, too. He yeah. should have been quarterback, but quit. instead they put him on tight end. Right. Oh, yeah, because Sean being quarterback was a bad thing. No, but, like, Gumby, right. Gumby had fucking a rocket arm, but also right. he just never got the ball. So, like, they, these guys quit, and they're like, you guys suck. You're going to lose every game anyways. So they show up to the first game. By halftime, we're winning, like, 35 nothing. And I, I'll never forget it, running into the locker room and they all showed up because they thought they were going to show up and we were going to get killed. <laughs> we and were there for there support. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> bull fucking shit. And, and I just remember just like looking at them in the stands and just like going like this. Like, yeah, what do you, what do you want now, you fucking assholes? <laughs> oh, man. And I think we went like 8-1 that year. I was just about to say it was the only game they won. <laughs> yeah, we, we crushed it that year. Man, I know it's going to come to a very big surprise to everyone, but I was terrified to play defense. <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah. Wait, Terrified. I hate like tackling or like getting tackled. Oh my god! I played I, middle school football and I played uh, like preseason uh, freshman uh, high school ball where like I played quarterback, mm. but I didn't actually play a game of tackle football on like in high school because I was just like completely terrified. So like I you can get hurt it. playing younger. And all that stuff. I loved getting hit. I love hitting people. It was so much fun. Yeah, it sounded like it was yeah, such a hassle. I, I to me. never, I never once like felt afraid or hurt or anything like that. I remember one time I laid on the field because it was very hot and I wasn't getting a breather, a breather. So I just faked an injury so I could get it. Uh, <laughs> and I did it purposely on offense because yeah. I wanted to play defense. This reminded me so much of times during a high school 
ball games where I had friends that would be on the team and they would, I don't know if they faked an injury or whatever, but like the trainer would come out. It'd be during a game. They'd go sit down on the bench for like two minutes. And yeah. then two minutes later, they just run back all like nothing happened. Like, oh, there's the trainer again with the magic hands, yeah, just like yeah. fixing them. It's like, you're literally laying here on the ground dying. And now you're back in the game. Like it's nothing. I just need my breath, man. It, it had been a minute. <laughs> you have been out there. Well, uh, I won't, I won't ever forget this. Like, uh, two things stand out to me from when when we were playing Pee Wee. One was uh, I was playing defense and I shot the gap where I was like in the A gap and I just blow through straight to the quarterback as he's about to hand the ball off to the running back. I just take it. I just took it and dart downfield yeah, and the yeah. referee blew the fucking play dead. Why? He called it a sack. Why? I have no idea. I was livid. It yeah. was my only opportunity to touch the ball in my entire... I mean, I played one season, but the the only <laughs> shot I was ever going to have to touch the ball, it Wait, was that. Wait, why is this a sack? You just took the ball. It was just a handoff to you. Uh, and the kid like fell as I was taking it. I don't, I don't remember. But then another one, I don't know if you remember this <laughs> Man, or not. I'd be, I'd be pissed. We were at... Uh, <laughs> We were on North Side, maybe? Nah, I don't remember. It was a long drive. We were in Pittsburgh. It was probably North Side. Uh, yeah. it was, uh, your parents took me, obviously. Mm -hmm. we, either, that, either that or North Allegheny, maybe. No, it wasn't North Allegheny. I remember NA. That, that was, we were way out of our class there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it was North Side. So uh, we went there. And I don't know if you remember this at all, but you were, I think you were inside linebacker? Mm -hmm. Maybe outside. I can't no, remember. No, I think I was cornerback. No, you definitely played linebacker. No, not not in not in. Um, I played linebacker in in, in high school, but not in. Um, really? Yeah, in I, in in pee wee football, I, I was uh, I was. Well, we there wouldn't be a cornerback. They did, there were no wideouts. I was fucking cornerback, man. Yes, there were wideouts. Neither team had wideouts. Yes, they did. No, remember Gumby was tight end. Who was our wideout? I I don't. Remember. Oh, I remember. <laughs> uh, but anyway, whatever it was, you were blitzing. Uh, I, I thought you were coming from linebacker position, but it doesn't really matter. But I was coming from the left side. You were coming from the right side. And we, like, met at the quarterback <laughs> and just, like, pancaked this guy. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was – we went with, like, 1-11 that year. Yeah. Well, it was funny yeah. because – so I played – there was, like, three teams. Or there was, like, the, the – um, Cadets, the yeah, – yeah. so, Or the yeah. Mites, the Cadets, the And then Lancers. the Lancers, right, yeah. right. So it was, like, it went by age. And I think I played, like – like the first year you could play, and then I didn't play for a couple of years, and then I came back on the the middle team, whatever it was the the, the cadets. cadets, and it was the first game we were at Seneca Valley, and I I pick, I, I intercepted pick six all the way eighty yards for a touchdown, and people were losing their minds going. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's great, but like, why? I come to find out. It was the first touchdown. I told you they were bad. It was the first touchdown that team had scored in two years. <laughs> <laughs> so it was losing their mind. Listen, it's yeah. not about the lowlights of going 1-11. It's about the, like, highlights the highlights of, your, That's of right. your, your time in the sun. Man, I, I was a flag football guy, though. Like, we, we didn't have flag. Yeah, I was full flag football. Like, yep. Honestly, like no, no joke, a big reason why I didn't want to play high school outside of them just being terrible and I knew that I would get stuck on the line uh, those that were sounds, two. That sounds like a terrible reason to play football. Those were two very, very big reasons. Also, like the fact that Lamana saying he was tight end. Understand, this kid was like five eight, a buck fifty. Yeah. Like what? We were small. I'm the sorry. Team was small. What? That's yeah. why it would have been nice. You know, Sean was our best. He was literally was our like one of our best players. And was he a running what? quarterback? Like he just got the ball and cut no, him. No, no, no. Once, uh, once in high school, he was he was a, a wide receiver and uh, he was one of the best wideouts in yeah. the 
Yeah. In the Valley. But he had to so play good. quarterback? No, no. Smitty played quarterback. Yeah. Oh, he, I see. This is an, He played quarterback uh, in Pee Wee, and then he played. Got it, got it, got in, it. In, uh, but it would have been nice to have a second Sean, which was Gumby. Right. <laughs> like, it would be nice to have another best player on the team, but yeah, he didn't yeah. want to play. Because so. the best player on the team can only play one spot. Right. right. <laughs> you want to have two of them. Yeah, it would have nice to have a second yeah. best player. But a dynamic duo, if you will. <laughs> outside of outside of knowing that I was going to be an undersized lineman at six foot 180, 175, you, something like that. Uh, you just get, you <clears> wouldn't <throat> have been a lineman in, in um, high school. Bro, Kirby was your center. Kirby? Kirby was 5'5". Five five. We got a new name. Maybe <laughs> Gumby with Kirby. Kirby, Skippy. I never met Kirby before. Kirby legit was 5'5". Five mm-hmm. five. Brandon, shout out to Brandon. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely on the line. I'm not fucking with you. He's 5'5", five five and he played center. Like, yeah, maybe 5'6", five. Five, tops. I mean, he can move weight. Don't get me wrong. Like, the kid was strong. But like, strong. He's, today, he still hits the gym I get every day. it, man. Yeah. But, like, he yeah, was center. Man. <laughs> Honestly, like these guys I, are supposed to be 6'4". I respect it so much more that people played for a losing team that they knew was bad. It's like, you know they, what, fuck it. We're going to nah, go out there. We, we really, as much pride as there is we in Western being, PA. Being and clever. Yeah, yeah. As, as much pride as there is in Western PA for football and like how much of a, a football hotbed it is, we could barely put a team on the field. Yeah. For well, that's sure. because we only had 50 people in our grade. In our graduating class. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, so you had, had numbers guys. stacked against you. But it is. anyway, uh, a big reason why I didn't want to play outside of those factors. Like, if they had told me, like, hey, there's a chance you might get the ball and you might play these positions. <laughs> there's a chance. I would have weighed it a little bit. Hung- but, like, the culture was so fucked up. Like, even baseball, I was terrified going into my freshman year mm. because of the initiation practices. And, like, the seniors my freshman year were assholes. Yeah. Cool, look, I'm looking at you. I know we're good now, but, like, you're a prick. <laughs> he knows it. Uh, and, like, football was ten times worse. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was just a senior freshman type of thing. Like, and Drazy, who I'm really cool with, was, like, one of the guys I was most afraid of mm-hmm. in high school because he was just so unrelenting with the initiation process. Yes, of course. And it's like I knew in football it was just going to be a thousand times worse, mm-hmm. and I didn't love the game nearly as much as I did baseball. It was like, <laughs> all right, man, I'll get pissed on. I'll get my underwear ripped. I'll deal with all this stuff for, for baseball. But, like, I'm not about to get beat down every single day in practice and then have to go in the locker room and deal with all this shit after the it fact. Yeah, bad. it's... Yeah, there's a lot. Ryan, there. it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's blocked out the trauma. Isn't, isn't, it, isn't it amazing that Conrad throws me a, a maraca and then we have a 20 minute conversation about uh, days of your. It is yeah, I sport. didn't know how that started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was mad to me fault. and he called me standing as Listen, Ryan, then, uh, yeah. repression is a survival tactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got to say this, you know, this made me laugh hard. You know, we're off on our rant and somebody writes in the chat. Doug wrapped up his crypto bet controversy. Uh, his uh, Doug wrapped up in his crypto controversy. Wait, no, I thought it was weight loss bet. Well, he did have a weight loss bet and a crypto controversy. Oh shit! All right, well look at that. Uh, Brad Owen is on watch. Eric made the hugest punt in American televised history for two million dollars, and we're talking about Pee Wee football. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we got a 90 minute show, We get to the shits, we get to the shits. It made me laugh. I had to give some spots. We're just having our cup of coffee. The shits come after the fact. Listen, whoever said that, don't think it's not in the back of my mind that that, that, that's what happened. Guys, just to wrap up this conversation, if you had to guess, Lamana, what were you running the 40 in? Uh, 4-2 flat. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I ran it like a four, four, five, four, four, six. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. It was, I was Holy fast. Holy shit. That's actually yeah. pretty quick. Man, that could be, that could be total bullshit. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I four, no six idea. is Maybe fucking eight, fast, I don't know. dude. It was, it was under five for sure. There's a big difference yeah. between four, six and four, eight. There is. Yeah. It was under five for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be pretty confident Glenn ran uh, at least a four, six. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fast tortoise. There <laughs> The, my introduction to, to Pee Wee football was LaManna trying to recruit me, show me his game highlight films. Oh, man. And they were... So, it, oh, you should, he said, oh, you should play because look at this. They were highlights, man. The kid was running all... He was scooting around, but the best part that for me anyway was uh, he broke off like an 80-yard run. Oh, no. And then as he got to the goal line... I could just, you know, skirt past this. There's no void. Wait a minute. As he got like near the goal line, like right around the five, he just like trips and falls face forward. <laughs> Wait, it's on can, film somewhere. Do you still have this film? I Honestly, I don't. We got to we gotta talk to Chico and Mary. Yeah, we got to get these again, things it's about the 80 yards it's about the five that you tripped that's right it's high school so when you fall you just down no no it wasn't high school but yeah those it, are the yeah. rules right yeah. it's not like if you don't get touched because no, you could just, like, just roll in yeah you could have rolled in but no <laughs> no down down uh, down well, by contact we really should set up flag football at some point you keep saying that i but know like, it's, it's my job and yeah. i i'm sorry in the chat and i don't even think yeah, that's because travel started happening. There was poker. It's in not Florida. just that, man. No, like, it's also you can't hard to get tweet together. out to a bunch of down bad poker players yeah, I who can barely chew, chew gum and walk at the same time and be like, hey, guys, who wants to play flag football? Because they all in their minds want to play flag football and all in their minds are going to be very good at it. And the reality is, it's just Coon. It's literally just Jason Coon. That's the only person. Yeah, Foxen. Those are the only two people yeah. we can recruit to like, this endeavor. Like, do you think I want to go out there and blow my knee out? No. I, I think that, that we should just like sounds one awful. random morning, the date night before, just put out a tweet and then we go play. No, that sounds terrible. Tweeting? Uh, no, you have to. You have to curate. Yeah, you have. You to, actually yeah. have to be pretty no, selective. Yeah, in, but you don't in, tell them where you're going. You just uh, say. Hey, yeah, you know, right. Yeah. We've, already tried, we've already tried this. We've already tried this once, and I looked at the replies, and they're all disqualified. Every one of them. I'm sorry. If you replied to Landon Sweet, I'm sorry. Yeah. You just don't, you don't have the goods. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm an old, old man, and none of you can keep up. Like, oh, it's it just embarrassing, to be quite frank. Man, I remember we were talking to uh, <clears throat> Rob about, like, the poker play. If we had, like, seven on seven. Yeah. It was a poker player versus, like, uh, TGLV and, yeah, like, a yeah. uh, flag football thing. I think it'd actually be pretty close. Yeah, if we really were careful saying, go, about the seven we yeah, selected. Yeah, you go hard. Like yeah, you, yeah. you pick the right people. Because I think there's exactly seven in poker. The that last time I played flag football with a bunch of poker players, it was uh, it was like me, Dan O'Brien, David Benefield, Jason Kuhn, and then a bunch of other people filling in. And Jason and Dave are very, very good friends <laughs> and both incredible athletes. Like Dave played baseball most of his life. Jason obviously was a track star. They were on the same team. And I don't know if it was a pleasure to watch or uh, a complete bore, but the entire game plan was six people run around and crowd up the middle and then Jason go long. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked every time. Every time. Dave's just dropping bombs to Coon every fucking play. And obviously nobody can cover him. He's so fast. Yeah. So He's so fast like, that he just doesn't have here? it in him to like play, like call it reasonable speed where like can give a defender a chance. 
Or like, you know, go into the huddle and say like, I'm going to run a slant this time. It's like, nah. Even then, he no, just no. breaks it off, right? Even yeah. then, he gets How a... fast is this man? Very. Oh, he's a track think, star. Didn't college. he have a prop bet fast. where he was going to try to run under 11 seconds? And yeah, he was going to try to do the 100 under 11 seconds. Which is pretty damn fast. Uh, I don't I don't know if it ever happened. Yeah, I don't think don't it really ever happened. Well, lock me there. up on the other team as him. Like, because I mean, it sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it would be a challenge. I'm with it. Let's go. Okay, sure. Let's go, Coon. Okay, sure. Here we go. Can we get money involved? <laughs> I, I'll also say, like, there was at least six pulled hamstrings that day. Yeah. I, I, of course. <laughs> this is not for the faint of heart. You guys haven't been sprinting since you were kids. Right. Um, but, yeah. The idea I, in was, theory sounds nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. <laughs> we, we have to – what, what, what needs to happen is the summer comes for the World Series. Everybody starts playing basketball at UNLV. Once they get a few runs in and get a little loose, yeah. then we pick a nice 107-degree day. Oh, where, shit. I haven't played basketball in <laughs> so ready fucking to run. long. Man, I've never played sports since actually lifting weights. Well, speaking of basketball and dunking, nonetheless, uh, did you know it was All-Star Weekend? I didn't until Twitter told me. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, honestly, I was way too engulfed in poker this weekend. Yeah. Uh, by the way, shout out to all the streams out there. Everybody did a remarkable job. Four major stream houses, all coming with high stakes, Monday through Friday, there were multiple streams at some points. Like it was must see TV wild. across the board. Was. Uh, the Lodge launched their new stream this past weekend. Set looks gorgeous. Um, uh, they, they were playing, I think, 100, 200 the first day, 204 on the second day, and then 50, 100 yesterday. Uh, so they, they had a lot of blood in the water. Brad Owen got welcomed to the streaming streets in a uh, very, very mean spirited way. Um, but there was, there was real sports taking place and uh the dunk contest which i used to never miss never i I mean growing up like being from the era where you know jordan kind of set the bar yeah the air jordan for the dunk contest and then kobe in 97 vince carter in 2000 dwight howard uh honestly like the dwight howard year didn't really do it for me yeah but it did it for a lot of other people uh yeah i mean dwight howard is more like it's just like antics more like the Superman key. Like nothing was really cool about it. Like it wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. Like he was no, he was he was fucking a sick, sick dunker. But <laughs> Vince he, Carter. But it's because he was seven foot yeah. doing those things, right? Like the the Vince Carter year was just like bro. Over. This guy. I I was what Mac did this year, I think is probably up there as one top three. Uh top five for sure. Top three is very tough. Um, right. yeah. I've been watching this kid for a while. Okay, so this is my first introduction to him, and it's just like, this guy can fucking fly. Yeah, so I watched like his highlight reels when he was in high school and stuff, and then, like, so... That's what we got up right now. He was in, um, George, he put into Georgetown, and then uh, Texas Tech, so, I believe. Do you know the backstory to how he got into the dunk contest? No. He just got signed off waivers three days prior <laughs> to make his NBA debut, I believe, for the Sixers. Okay. Yeah, uh, which qualified him. Okay. And you know, they signed some, him just so he could play the dunk contest. Effectively, it seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> Legit seems that way. Like, who knows if he's even going to get playing time? Like uh, a couple years ago, Dennis Smith Jr., where he just he played for the Heat for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but dunk contest wise, like, this man just has infinite bounce. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing with the dunk contest Dennis it's, Smith Jr. played for the Mavericks and then the Knicks, right? Yeah. Not, he's just like not the Heat, up. right? No, he played for the Heat for a time, like a yeah. year or whatever. Uh, the thing with the dunk contest is it's, it's like, you know, it's difficult to keep upping the bar. When we look all the way back to like the Jordan competition, it was revolutionary. It was him, Muggsy, uh, Dominique. Like 
they were just high flyers, yeah, right? Yeah, free throw line is always going to be iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was a combination between, like, Dominique was just power, right? Like, he was just coming in with the fucking windmills and uh, the, the two-hand double clutches and, you know, just trying to rip the rim down. Clyde and, was in the mix, too. Clyde Drexler? Yeah, Clyde was in there. Just Yeah, I do vaguely remember. People. Did he make the finals the second time Jordan I won? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. He was kind of a high flyer, too. Um but like back then it was just about getting big air, you know, because it was brand new. The competition hadn't been a thing. Like dunk, the dunking culture in and of itself was just still pretty practical, right? Uh, fast forward to like Kobe's year and then Vince Carter. And like they just re elevated the bar to a whole new level. Uh, to a point where like I think, you know, kind of shook LeBron a little. He was like, I don't know, man. I don't know yeah, if he's I can never do done it. it. No, I know, yeah, which like, is crazy. It is crazy. Um, so those three stand out to me for sure, right? Maybe maybe four if you talk about the the two years that Jordan uh, competed. Those four stand out. It's really tough not to have at least three of those being the top five. Um, mm. And then I think yeah, like for you because like that was your era, right? Because for me, Aaron Gordon had a bunch of Aaron Gordon w's. might be number one. Zach Levine had like a that, bunch that, of w's. That's, that's literally the number one year <clears throat> for me. I think so. Before we show this year's, uh, that that was going to be my follow up. I think that the best dunk off, the best dunk competition we've seen in recent years is this one right here between uh, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. This is two and a half minutes of the greatest show on earth it really is i mean look at this bro yeah. this is this is <laughs> mediocre compared wait like, just keep watching we're just gonna let it run he jumps what? over the mascot and puts the ball under his ass <laughs> all right <laughs> look at this that's insane hold on that's not even the one none of them are the one bro they're all oh. 50s they just go back and forth <laughs> They go back and forth, like, eight dunks each. God, that's right from the foul line. Yeah, he catches an oop from the foul line. Right here. Oh, no. That wasn't even it, but that's absolutely insane. <laughs> Imagine timing that. No. <laughs> no, he's spinning. I, I mean, we're, like, people talk about, uh, I can't remember what's his name. Was it Ham that, like, blew out the candle on the backboard? Like, who gives a shit, man? These guys are windmilling the ball yeah. through their leg. Like, this is mm -hmm. a circus act. Right. This one. This is easily, act like, one of the... I, I mean, and the thing is, is that they were, they were so equal as competitors, too. So they make it, wasn't... it look so easy. They make it look so easy. It's not easy. <laughs> right. No, it's not easy. It's like, this is a true display of athleticism and not just gimmicks, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. This is like if gymnasts could dunk. I mean, it did a windmill from the foul line. Come on, bro. Uh, this is this is an absurd. There, we there, <laughs> there is literally a logo at Nike that's iconic forever of a man just jumping from the foul line. <laughs> All he did was jump and dunk. This guy just did a windmill with ease. Like he had another two feet. You're not lying. <laughs> that's actually hilarious. It's really it's it's very remarkable what like the human being can do. I mean, wow. Like okay. <laughs> They're so fluid. They're just so smooth with it all. With that being said, like I think this was definitely the first year, the number one year, and this this was definitely <laughs> the best two man dunk off. I think for max, sure, max performance oh was a top three, but I don't think the dunk contest overall was up there. Yo, come on. I don't. I don't think it's 
top three. I'll agree with you with top five. Like, uh, we'll, we'll get to those highlights soon. Because um, I think, like, the, some of the stuff he's able to do, he looks like an N1 star. He looks like an alien. Man, the, some of these are just sick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, like, we go back throughout the course of history, it's like, I don't know if Vin, Vince Carter's could ever be touched. Like, I, I'm sorry, man. Like, like for the time, for the era, for the just in general, for even. the time, I think I, that one was number one. Like that, what we just—that's the best. That, that's the best competition for sure. It's like, not even close because both of them saying, are just going tit for but tat. I think, I think honestly, it's more like the era because I'm I, the both of them put on a better performance. I think, or equal. If if you took one of them out of that, though, I don't think it's nearly as impressive. It's because they kept going back and forth with 50 dunk after 50 dunk. So right? you're just trying to say it'd be like Mac. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I can, I can mm. kind of get behind that. But like Vince Carter was just doing like shit that no one's ever seen before. Yeah, it's kind of like he was like a massive W and everyone else like you just can't win. He's like, you know, I'm just going to keep going and show you how much better I am at this. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is like uh, when it comes to Levine and Gordon, they're taller dudes. I think that they're Gordon's, like 6'9 ish. Let me check. I believe Levine's 6'4 and Gordon's 6'9. No way, really? Yeah. Levine's. Levine, oh, I thought they were like the same size. Nah. Uh, uh, Aaron Gordon's 6'8. Zach Levine is 6'5. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So Levine w- would be closer to like what I was going to qualify for a Carter. Vince Carter's 6'6. Six, six. Yeah. Carter, Kobe, they're both in that 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six range. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they just. There's so much more like grace. To what they were doing, Kobe six six. Because like when we look, when we even think back to like the Kobe, the iconic dunk was him coming underneath the hoop and doing a reverse, yeah. and it's like that in today is is nothing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I, it's I like that's I, nothing. I, I, quite honestly, I don't really think. But he Kobe's could do it with great. such power and grace at the same time that it was just so revolutionary for the moment. Like yeah. that'll <clears> just be remembered. You know, yeah, just like sure. the Jordan foul line dunk will always just forever be remembered. I mean, until like, there's something there when it comes to the ability to be a pioneer of something, right? With, the first to do it, yeah. Right. So the first to do it is always going to be the most remembered. Yeah. And then ever, ever so often after that, there's going to be people that are the first to start doing new things that set the bar higher. Yeah. So, of course, I think over time, yeah. the dunk contests and the dunks that happen are predicated off of the stuff that already happened it, it's, it's tough instance. because it's a double-edged sword right where on one hand uh we've seen so much and that sets the bar so high for anybody who's willing to enter the competition now like it's hard to impress you know what i mean but on the other hand the dunks have evolved in such a way where like when you look at like the and one guys and the people were or maybe not and one i guess that doesn't really exist anymore but um yeah i don't even know what that they're, is they're they're like professional like they're you like, don't know what and one is i know what and one is but i don't know like the dunkers of and one you don't know no hot sauce what hot sauce made the league i know briefly i used to play with them on nba 2k <laughs> uh, um I, I i can't think of what it is but they're like dunking tours that are out there so like they're you know they're they're forever setting the bar higher like mac looks like he came from that yeah it's like the, the kid jordan sperling um, the Canadian kid. Oh, okay. I he, couldn't remember his name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I could, I would love to see. He's not tall either. I think you're wrong there. I think he's like six, seven, six, eight. Oh, I thought he was like six, two. I would love to look. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Cause like there's, I see it all the time. It'll come like NBA highlights and stuff. It'd be like dunkademics. Like there's like just videos of people just doing Jesus. insane shit. Look at this. Look at these dunks that win. 
Come on, bro. It's he hit the backboard? Right? Come on. No, he did. Not this one. Yeah. He hit the backboard. That, that was the one prior. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, watch watch the confidence monitor. So we're all oh. watching. No, look to your right. So we're yeah. all watching the same thing. <laughs> yeah, he, he clutched. There's a the double pump here? Come on, like, man. It's so funny because at first look, it looks like nothing. And then you look back How? and you realize he double pumps the ball. Yeah. And How? his head is at the rim. It's absurd, dude. How tall is he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Uh, again, I would guess not very. I think he's oh. a guard. Oh, I would say six. Look, here's three. the last one. Dude, yeah, I saw here. He's 6'2. Yeah. I would have guessed he's not tall. Yeah, I, I saw See? Um, he hit him with the VC. It's it shouldn't over. be it shouldn't be a problem at all for you, Landon, to dunk. He's only six two. <laughs> I saw uh, Evan Fournier. He plays for or He used to play for the Magic. Yeah, he's played for Magic Knicks, whatever. He's all, all over the place. Um he tweeted I don't want to be the one to do this, but was that real? Was that a five forty? Uh, yes, yes, of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, come on, man! And, and there was a good reply that was like, "Okay, maybe not, but none of the three sixties are three sixties. Yeah, that's fair. They're, like they're like one eighty, one nineties, or something like that. Two tens. <laughs> He's like, that was about a four thirty yeah. though. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. Two seventies. Come on. Dude, I feel like that we need to see the insane. Vince Carter highlights just to, to put them back to back to each other. Yeah, I, I feel like you're right. I don't have them queued up. Maybe Bob I think, can find I think Landon has a double pumper. It doesn't count. That's what I'm saying, LeMan. <laughs> motherfucker got five inches yeah, on me. Seriously. Well, while we get Guapo to see if we can get that, um, when is this dunk bed? Uh, What's the for date me, on this? April 12th. He's coming up soon. It feels like it's, it's the heat's on. I apparently have 99 days. 99. As, uh, 12th, isn't that as your I birthday? saw, today is uh, today is 99 days until the World Series. I really should no. uh, mm -hmm. check and see where we're at. Remember, yeah. the, like I remember last year when there was a lot of time where there were like no, not a lot of poker tournaments like leading up to the World Series. I feel like there's a tournament this every year? or last year, saying yeah. I feel um, like there's a tournament every single day right now. Well, that's every just because you have money to play. No, now. I have no, money no, to play no, tournaments every day. There's literally I'm tournaments like, I'm looking at every the schedule, single like, I can't, day. I can't do the podcast anymore. Come on, bro. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, Yo, Mac, has to, Mac had to do these dunks two-handed because he can't get up. Or, sorry, not because he can't get up, because he's not tall enough, right? Like, mm -hmm. So he makes it look a little extra spectacular because he has to do them two-handed. VC's like 10 inches over the rim and just slings it. Yo, I love it. They have. Uh, like, uh, I love how the big Aristotle just has a uh, has a video camera. Come on, man! So wild. Yeah, this dude he's throwing it down. With could authority. get up. It looks so easy too. It is. He makes it for him. So, that's what I'm saying. He makes it just look so easy. This one's this so one's, nasty. This one's absurd. <laughs> like that looks like he didn't even try. It's what it is. Is again, it's like. He you know, he was such a combination of power and grace. Like he throws the ball down so hard, but it looks so fluent and so effortless. Like I, I, he could do that like literally twenty times in a row and never miss. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing about Mac. Uh, all first attempts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is so impressive. Imagine hitting every single one of those <laughs> on your first on. attempt. Yo, is that Helmuth <laughs> right? folding Ace King right there? <laughs> <laughs> oh come on man did you guys see Jericho Sims fucking pull himself up in that 
No. I forgot what dunk he did, but he I didn't see the, the dunk contest. Oh, I just okay. saw the highlights. He used the rim to pull himself up. I started to die. Oh, he tried to do the VC. He tried to put his arm in the thing. Oh. Mm. oh yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, so, some wasn't some dunks you have to just let, Wait, let live. Well, it seems like he is jumping higher than 37 inches. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but the I wonder if, if you look at the thing on the bottom, oh. it shows how high he's it says oh, jumping. It says see, 37 inches. But it seems like it's more than that. I mean, that one probably was. <laughs> Shaq. I think when you... I love... Shaq said that uh, Max single-handedly saved the dunk competition this year. I would agree. Well, no. There was a, when was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine? Seven years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> come on, man. That's, that's going to be me come May. No, it's not. I'm not fucking around, man. You, you, think, have a you think I'm getting fingers over the rim? I'm the, getting elbows over the rim. You see, it's 37 on the bottom? Yeah. That just I mean, can't be six, true, right? He's 6'6". Six, six. But, but I'm saying when it comes to verticals, like 37-inch vertical is not that high. Well, that, yeah, but like, like he probably people, got more in him. What? He's probably got more in him. But if that was the case, wouldn't he like do, quote, like better, not, not better dunks, but he dunks to his potential? He doesn't want to overshoot his mark. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, some, at some point, you're too high. <laughs> say this because like there are people that have like call it 45 plus inch verticals like imagine massive just, imagine vertical. vince carter just has like a 50 inch vertical and he's like chest high with the rim and just like <laughs> yeah that, that's his arm is straight down and he just drops it into the basket it's like uh it's like jordan in space jam where he reaches from half court <laughs> yeah, it's a 10 out of 10 dunk yeah oh man what was the what was the dunk where he ended it the the it's over was it the elbow in the rim no nah. there's another one no, no, that was the one where he points to the sky. <laughs> That's where he folds Ace King. Oh, that was, that was it. Wait, was that it? Two hands from the foul line? Come on, man. Oh, one step in. Still. But I mean, yeah. still. <laughs> you know, we're watching one this. One step in, but he could have made it. He could have made it the whole time. We're watching this. I'm going to go with my um, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Hold the number one spot in the dunk contest. I don't know, man. I, I, I disagree. I got to give it to... He was, he's just so fluent. So he, was, he was definitely so fluent, but what those kids did was something but else. Like, I think there's a difference between like call it performance-based dunk contest and like individual performance dunk contest. Like you're saying the back and forth made it so much better oh, to yeah, watch. I, it, it was the best dunk competition of all time. Right. Listen, I, I'm saying sure. that either Aaron's number one or and Zach's number or Zach's number one. One mm. or the other. And I'm saying that if you put the three of them in three of them at their prime in the arena in the thunderdome and and had them play horse uh vc wins that competition every time get the fuck out every of time. here you every time go. he could do 100 percent of the dunks they did and then another 10 percent on top no way i kind of I, I think i'm I think, that side on this i one. think if need be if need be, if he had to really pull out his tricks, he could have done the NBA jam dunk. Yeah, listen. Where I you take off from the foul line and do a triple salt, a somersault, and then cram it. Listen, he would have to create some new boings that um, pumped him up real well because what Aaron and Zach did is just absurd. Get some moon shoes. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he had um, his um, fucking, they were boings, right? I have no idea what no, you're talking about. Like moon oh, shoes sorry. are just like a meme well, shoe. No, you Vince, jump and they like. Vince Carter had a shoe. And I believe it was called Boings. I bought them the first day they came out. I know. Of course you did. You guys, you guys <laughs> are all, you guys are all crazy. Room. If you guys want to see who can really fly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it was um, Valentine's Day last week. And we went out to um, this indoor skydiving place. And, you know, 
Conrad, first time, huh? Well, I've been skydiving before. It's yeah, fun. Have you never been in the uh, I've never the been in this, in, in this thing, right? So Let's see how you do. Uh, do, right. do, do, do. This is cool. I really like this. So what, what's your thought process right I'm, now? I'm, I really like this. Oh, wait. What the fuck? I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I can't breathe. Look at my girl up in fucking things. She's like, get him out. <laughs> Yeah, I really oh, just, I man. lost it. There was just like a moment where I was like, I just can't breathe. And I just started like swimming to get out. I was like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was pretty weird. I wish I had one with the face mask. I, oh. I, I went in open face. I, I can't do that. You had Dude. to release control. It was weird. Well, I'm, I'm normally fine in that like situation until like ski lifts. I might be just go, getting old or something. I don't know. <laughs> Is this what happens? Like I can't go on ski lifts anymore. I can't go skydiving anymore. I did the indoor skydiving. I'm I'm terrified of heights, by the way. But uh, I've I've done the indoor skydiving, and I imagine it actually feels absolutely nothing like skydiving at all, because you're being propelled up instead of you don't have the sense of falling. Yeah. You don't you don't lose your stomach at right. all. Yeah, yeah. True. Um, I thought it was a blast. I don't know what the hell you were so freaked out about. No, I just couldn't breathe. I, I was just, just trying to breathe. I was like, I can't breathe. You're probably laughing too fucking hard. <laughs> Yeah, sounds about right. Yep. Oh, I forgot about the Blake Griffin year, too. He was so fucking good. Yeah, I remember the Blake Griffin year, but I just don't think he was as good as... It didn't as... stand out nearly as Oh, much. my God. Get the fuck out of here. No. You put best dunker of all time? There's, that's, not a, that's not the right question. That's what you're arguing. No, I said the best dunk contest performance. No, I agree with you. The best contest was Gordon oh, and Levine. I mean, best dunker but of the all best, time. The if... best show of dunks... In my opinion, was VC. But this people like remember VC like game time dunks like back in the day. That's he does this it. shit. You're just like I'm gonna fucking get that. Remember when he jumped over the the seven two Lithuanian dude? Oh, you see that goes another ten fucking votes for fucking buried that VC. Guy. <laughs> this is cheating. Uh, yeah, no, that poor. Lithuanian I mean, there's guy. definitely like a conversation to be had about in game. Dunking versus dunk competition. Dunking. Yeah. I don't watch. I, mean, I don't want to watch enough NBA to like truly know because in my head, LeBron would at least be in the conversation. He obviously wouldn't be the best, but he would at least be in the convo. Yeah. Uh, Kobe for sure. Kobe like definitely. I, that that was when I watched more NBA like I'm, college and before. I'm pretty sure Vince Carter's number one. Yeah, VC has to be in like, game dunking. I'm pretty. Yeah, I would definitely. That motherfucker wasn't missing any dunks whenever very, he was 48 and about yeah. to retire. <laughs> I'd be very confident. With There's him. a difference between like dunking in the dunk competition and like having that dog in you, like mid game, just like, yeah, I'm just going to jump over and dunk on you. Yeah. Or like Shaq, but like he dunked and then pushed him off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Shaq's got to take the W for dunking in game. I mean, but like it's kind of unfair. There's no, he's a, he's there's, a no there's no like there's no real style there or anything. No, he was just, just a just fucking a monster. Yeah, he's just a legend. Just, yeah. I mean, that's one of the most iconic clips of, clips of all time. Homie gets gets up, gets the ball, and pegs it at his back, <laughs> and he's just mad. I can I can vividly vividly remember John Starks uh, against the Bulls, uh, where he dunked on. I think it was Jordan. I can't remember who he dunked on, but it was nasty. I'll give you guys a look here. I love this moment. This, this was. I just, love this, this moment. I've never John seen this. Starks, like, oh just man, annihilates this guy. God, I loved John Starks. He was the best. And Starks oh. is a little dude, man. Yeah. Uh, as a as a Nick fan, I thank you so much for that moment. Fourth quarter, I haven't had one, left. I haven't had one of those. I think moments. I remember watching this. Uh, there's a. 
Is it a 30 for 30, I think, where the Pacers Nick rivalry oh is displayed? Oh my god. Turn it off. Turn off his mic, man. <laughs> With the Reggie Miller yeah, 7 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Oh my god. But they they like led up to that moment by showing a lot of the the in-season stuff and playoff stuff. I just said for the first time in like 20 years I get a moment of like Yo, Nick that's fandom. A foul. <laughs> yeah, I get a moment of Nick fandom and then he reminds did, me of Reggie Miller. Did you see what happened in the backcourt? It wasn't a pick. The dude just like pushed him in the back. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely cheating. But like, the play was beyond him. At look, that guys, point. guys, you guys are soft. look at this. You get called for a block in the back in football. <laughs> no, listen, this this is nineties basketball. No, nineties yeah, basketball was legit. And the yeah. Knicks were fucking thugs, yeah. man. That wasn't even a. I'll a never chance. forget Grandma getting into a fight with. Uh, it might have been <laughs> so. Uh, was it Larry Johnson yeah. uh, got into like a massive melee like on the sidelines after finishing a play I feel like it might have been with Alonzo but I can't remember I loved Alonzo morning girl I feel up. like they were teammates for they a were. while they were, on the, they were on the Hornets together yeah and then they went to the Heat and to the Knicks respectively okay yeah I remember, that team was fun Charles Oakley yeah, they were a bunch of fucking <laughs> hooligans, man. They're, they're, they were a hockey team playing basketball. Yeah, well, fucking James Dolan won't even let Oakley in the building. Crazy. <laughs> crazy, man. That's crazy. All right. There was a lot of poker that took place this weekend, and uh, I want to put a big spotlight on it because I think as we made uh, a player and as a fan, uh, this was probably one of the, the best weeks of poker being displayed uh, for everybody to see outside of the main event. Yeah. A um, lot of things going on simultaneously to the point where there were things like actually kind of glossed over. Uh, did you know Triton <laughs> had a high stakes cash game going on yesterday? I did not. Me they had either. a what? Yeah, they had a high stakes cash game. Triton already started? Yeah, who knew? Uh, actually, I don't even think it started. I think it's just the cash games uh, right now because EBT uh, Paris is still going on. Okay, yeah. Big shout out to Brewer finally... Uh, breaking breaking out of the bubbling streak. Yeah, but poor Brewer. It's literally the fucking smallest 25K he's played in probably like how many, three years. How many people were in it? I don't know. It's like 340. Oh, 340 up top? Yeah. Okay. But so I like feel like 50, that's like one of the smaller people? ones he's played in the past couple of years. I mean... It's unfortunate. Yeah, he bubbled, <laughs> he bubbled some pretty big, <laughs> big events for sure. Uh, but yeah, so EPT Paris is taking place right now and... The shine is kind of taken off of that, well, which kind of makes sense, right? Like, they're coming off the Bahamas, which was this massive spectacle of an EPT. Mm -hmm. uh, it had all the shine. There wasn't really anything else going on at the same time. Now, EPT Paris, like, this is where the Americans disengage, right? Like, now it's like, okay, you're in Europe. You're nowhere near us. Only the high rollers travel to this type of stuff. And we have live stream nosebleeds 24 fucking seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I go to like the poker news and I'm like looking at the list and like looking at like all the hands and stuff. I'm like, damn, I don't know anybody. It's, yeah. it's kind of wild. Yeah, it's like, it's like all we know about what's going on over there is that the lines are long and Rampage is getting treated like shit while paying $100 in rate. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Sounds like a dream. The dollars to use the bathroom. Yeah. yeah well, like, wait, hold on. <laughs> that, that can't be real. That, is that, that real? <laughs> that can't be real. Two euros. Sorry, two you, euros. You pay two euros to take a piss or something? Something like that. No way. That's Come what he on. said. When mm -hmm. he gets back to the States, we'll have him back on and explain his Paris experience. Uh, you know what? I don't want to fucking hear it. I do. <laughs> I would love to know. I don't you, care. The trials and tribulations the of a young you, Ethan. The second you win a 25K that uh, you have no business even playing, 
I don't care about hearing about how poorly no. the staff treats you. Big You're w. not there yet. You're not there yet. <laughs> the he had all the business he wanted playing it. Mm-hmm. That's true. He did win it. He did ship it. Um, so let's get caught up a little bit with what took place over this weekend. We don't usually have high stakes streams on the weekend. Like Friday's the <clears> deadline, <throat> you know? The Saturday, Sunday days are usually dark, but uh, we were pretty fortunate. Three high stake games on Friday. Uh, there was the 100 200 game at the Lodge Grand Opening. There was two, four, I believe, on Hustler, uh, which <laughs> actually let's 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 roll that clip, Guapo, because this is a pretty funny hand. Uh, play it with sound. It's it's worth it. It's worth it. No, not this one. The uh, Hustler clip. No memento. The it's ludicrous versus Francisco. Guavo's got so many good clips r- fucking lined up. I'm just <laughs> yeah. watching it click through. <laughs> like, that was good. That was a good one too. Uh, here we go. Uh, they said no audio. With no audio, it doesn't matter. It's it's not even uh, a reasonable clip. Okay. It it really yeah. doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the audio does it so much justice. Yeah, the audio does that clip all the justice. I don't know why uh, we we don't have audio from it. Um, but to sum it up, basically, Ludacris uh, either open. I, I think he three bets kings, and Francisco just cold four bet jams hundred k, so like two hundred fifty bigs with queens and it turns into this long tank where Ludacris, i guess is getting his head kicked in he's down you know multiple lines whatever and he's just like belaboring the point that he knows francisco has aces and uh blank check ben is needling him going like you don't really have kings you don't really care and for whatever reason like he just refuses to show his hand but he's like i have fucking kings he tanks for four like four plus minutes and he's just bemoaning the fact that he knows francisco has aces and he can't believe how unlucky he is Yada, 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 and all this other stuff. And Francisco starts going like, I don't have aces. And he goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just saying, I don't have aces. I don't, I don't care. I, I don't have aces. I don't have aces. And finally, like, Ludacris, after, like, bemoaning it, just flicks in the call, right? And he goes, I have queens. <laughs> and he turns away. So, like, here he's telling Blank Check Ben, like, leave me alone. Like, don't fucking needle me here. And he turns away. He's like, don't look. Don't look. Uh, and, and now we're about to see the, the actual run out here, which is hilarious to say the least. <laughs> this sounds fucking horrible. Oh my God. The King comes turned. Totally, it? totally clean flop. No big deal. We're in really good shape. 89, 11. <laughs> now King, look at him. <laughs> He's so fucking oh, tilted. God, he's so, so tilted. Gross. Oh my just god! Drills it on the turn. Francisco lets him hear about it. He turns around. He's like, "I, I knew it. I just knew it. I knew it was gonna happen." Ships him the stack right, and basically, like prior to calling off, was like, "That's it. Like I'm done if I lose this." Immediately reloads for another hundred k. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wait, so you trying to tell me no king came on the river? No king came on the river. He got right. absolutely faced in that hand. All right, uh, was was very funny. 
Um, but hardly the biggest pot played this weekend and hardly the most interesting cash game uh, from the It's definitely fun, though. It, it was, was fun. fun. It was a lot of fun. The shut I, the fuck up. Like, we cannot express how many shut the fuck up, shut the fuck ups were said to Francisco about how he doesn't have aces. Yeah, like, yeah. How you beat him in the pot. It's like, all right, right stop yeah. fucking talking. I'm done. Yeah. And then he just fucking peels the coin. He's like, see, I don't care. Of course the queen's coming. <laughs> yeah, this game really is fucking brutal. I love it. Oh it God. really was absolute gold. But uh, the, the, the real stakes, let's call it, because they were gambling for millions. Uh, was the No Gamble, No Future Cash of the Titans. And, Sick name, uh, actually. <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of is. You got to give them credit. Yeah. Uh, so we we prefaced this on Friday before the stream started that it was going to be exciting. Uh, we made some predictions. Very close, by the way. The lines we set were very close. I think mm -hmm. I lost... I, we, we're not even sure which bet we made, but I think I lost regardless because uh, the lines were set at 1.2 for the biggest winner. I took over. And I took the under. Uh, and one and a half people busting out was, was the over-under. And, and I took over. Up, and I took the under of that too. It ended up being two. It's 50 push-ups. I was, I was a very, very big... I don't want to say a favorite, but like I, I, was, I was doing really well up until the last two hours, I guess, of the session uh, where Rob got cooled off pretty bad. And that's, then, where all the, that's where all the blood's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Robo didn't win that much. And that was kind of what I was counting on. He had a runaway lead. Just shut it down, kind of. I mean, there was like a spot where he had kings and it had gone like raise three bet. And uh, I think the three bet was to like 100. Maybe? It was like a four bet to 110K. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It was, it was raise three bet. He folded, uh, he folded jacks on a 10 high board. No, no, no. It was all no, that's pre. a different spot. Uh, pre. This spot, one yeah. is a pre-flop where Antonius cold force jacks and Robo 5 best oh, kings right. to 300. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And Landon's like, that's way too big, way too big. And I go, well, you have to understand, his hand may as well be turned over. Mm -hmm. Like, he probably just folds ace-king in this exact same scenario yeah. because it doesn't really... Like, there's no EV to gain. Mm -hmm. It's already a zero EV hand to begin with, and now you're risking the 600,000 on the side, right. which is absolutely meaningless. Yeah. Or, or meaningful, rather. Uh, so this hand becomes meaningless. It's like he literally only has kings and aces. Mm -hmm. So you just go big and try to play an all-in pot versus something inferior, right. you know? Um, and, and that was kind of like what I had expected to have happen. <laughs> What's he going to do if he gets jammed on? Does he fold? No. I mean, at that point, like, he's committed. Antoni Antonius only had like a million, a million one. I'm yeah. sorry. What I mean, maybe he folds. I don't what know. What hand are we talking? Uh, Robo Cold 5-bet kings. Okay. So like 300k. Uh, I think Antonio's was probably like a million, million one behind. Or it total. Was a, it was a cold five bet? Yeah. It wasn't cold. It was he, oh, he opened. Was in the straddle. He opened, he got four bet, and then... No, no Robo, no. I'm pretty sure Robo three bet, and then got four That's bet by Antonius, and then he five bet. Uh, yeah. Regardless, yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, it, it, it kind of matters. Robo I, I, was in position. I know that for a fact. Yes, Robo was in position. I agree with that. I think he was the straddle. And I think Antonius was actually the three better, and Marcus was the cold four. Well, Marcus didn't cold four. Antonius cold four jacks. For sure. Okay. Anyways. Then Marcus was the three. Marcus had ace-jack in the hand, and he he put in either a third or fourth bet. Yeah, I think it was sure. the third. Yeah, he put in okay. the third. I think Robo raised uh, darkest three bet. Antonius cold four, Robo five. Yeah. Mm, okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah. But I mean, if he gets jammed on, is he full? Probably not. But like... I mean, probably not. Depends if if like he still holds a sizable lead, then yeah, ICM wise he probably does fold. But like if sacrificing that pot's put 
puts him in uh, Antonius like close, then probably not. Because Antonius is incentivized to gamble. Yeah. Do we think that the ICM factor is good or bad for the game as a whole? I thought it was great. I yeah, thought that fun. this was awesome. I thought it was a really fun strategic addition. Like, yeah, there's always going to be somebody that's like should be locking it up toward the end or something like that, or there might be a situation like that, but it's part of the game. And there well, was- it's, it's the inverse of ICM. The chip leader now has to play extra right. fucking tight. And, yeah. But the best part about it is everybody else gets to be fucking monkeys. Super and good. my boy exactly. fucking Darkest was out there swinging his pee pee. <laughs> yeah, like he probably doesn't get it in with ace jack versus jacks uh, against Rob if, if that bounty right. isn't in play. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, you knew he was gonna bink that ace. I just Rob won and yeah. Ace Jack versus Ace Queen versus Patrick to get the chips mm-hmm. and then lost a few pots and then got in the ace got in Jacks versus Ace Jack. And I'm just sweating knowing that there's ten hands left in this game, knowing I took over one and a half, like he gets spiked on this Le- motherfucker Landon just push had the real sweat in this game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I I, I was on the right side of it all the way down to the very end. Robo uh. one Robo literally won uh, 1.28. What a legend this guy is. So like literally 80K above the, the over-under and Rob busted with 10 hands left to go in the night. Lucky here, guys. Robo made some of the sickest folds I've ever seen. Like this guy just folds ace-queen with a diamond so against the bet dark, from darkest, folds top set of kings like it's nothing versus like river bet on a flush complete on the turn. Guys, incredible. I mean, Genuinely. It, it, was a, it was a stark reminder to me of how much the money factor sways the actual strategies in play and having played a bunch of live streams over the last year i completely for uh, like you know it's a running joke that i lose on the softest lineups and i absolutely smash the toughest ones and i'm probably playing like twice as many soft lineups as tough ones so it doesn't look like i'm doing very well but uh, what I'm realizing is that the reason for this in a lot of situations are you arrive in these situations where bluffs are supposed to exist and you start thinking so theoretically because of how you're trained that you don't even get to the point of do I need to give this guy credit for finding them, right? Because like they just seem so apparent and obvious. It's like, well, he'd have to bluff like all of these hands if if like he has any bluffs at all ever. Yeah, theoretically speaking, for sure. Right, but... Watching this stream, I fucking remember how live poker's played now. Robo had a set four out of 20 hands, <laughs> and he checked at least one street in position, checked back at least one street and all four. Yeah. All four. Guys, a legend. I all remember, four. Uh, he checked yeah, yeah. back top set of kings to call a turn bet and fold the river. <laughs> what? And it was right. He uh, yeah. checked back the set of nines when it was late in the game, uh, like blind versus blind versus darkest, where well, straight comes different. in, flush comes in, darkest checks, like Robo just checks back in a spot that he knows he has a value bet, but like ICM wise, if he does put in a bet and then get raised, he's now in like this really nasty spot. Yeah, so he, instead of taking the spot, it's like, okay, just knuckles. He wants no part of it. He's like, I have you beat. <laughs> he's like, it's just. It's like, just I no win, point. but I don't want to bet. Yeah, yes. So there's a 600K side bet. There's no point of betting. Yeah. Somebody. Um, that I kind of understand. Go ahead. Somebody wrote in. Um, Shout out for the super chat. Thank you. They said, do you think the format NGNF $1 million game makes collusion too easy? Seem it would be easy to chip dump a lead or, and lock up the 600K side bet. Not saying that happened. Just an observation. Better trust the other players. 
Well, what, what do we think about that? Um, there would have to be incentive to collude. So, like, if, if, like, what I'm certain of is that there were three people playing on their own money in the game. Mm-hmm. Rob, Robo, and uh, Person. Right? So, um, but, like, I have relative confidence of understanding who put the other three in. Yeah. And I don't think it would be much of an issue. But, like, yeah, there, there becomes a problem if, say, like, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it's not a problem if everything is just transparent. But, like, say, say Rob, Robo, and, uh, and hey, Person right. yeah. all decide to play on their own dime. And, they and then JRB. they each get to put in one person. <laughs> <laughs> so Robo has to put in JRB. <laughs> Rob has to put in, like, I don't know, fucking Leon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or me. <laughs> He ended your career. He's not going to revive he didn't it. End it, man. He put me in the hospital for like six days. <laughs> Quick recovery. Truth of the matter is, like, I actually had. Uh, w- what ended up happening is I took too much exposure in that game, mm-hmm. and uh, something else had happened where I had to pay out of pocket 150k like a day later. So I had made calculations based on having more money than I actually would have yeah. 36 hours from then. Gotcha. So he just absolutely put me in the poker hospital. But <laughs> I joke that he retired me and he plays along. By the way, thank you, Rob. I appreciate you. Without you uh, hitting that five outer, the Only Friends podcast clearly wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, <thank> you. <laughs> the Only Friends podcast. Feel free to come on anytime. Yeah. We'd love to have you sit in the guest seat. Yeah. Talk not, about how you retired. I love uh, nothing more than Robo showing him the fucking nine high and then running over and giving him a shoulder rub and a hug. <laughs> That was classic. He's like, yesterday on the stream, he's just like, I just want to know who the fuck made it a gift? What kind of person does this? (laughs) And they fucking tagged me in it too. KTF. Uh, oh, it's so good it's so good everything about he's, that look, game he's so miserable there <laughs> honestly the, the thing about this game that makes it so great it's three days of like uh, emotions also like being built up and like hands mm-hmm. just being happening it's like it's, it's way different than just you know a one day cash game like this is amazing like I love the format I think it's it provides a lot of um, uh, entertainment yeah, I actually would like to take. Uh, I'd like to see them take it to even a further extreme. To be honest, Ooh, like, what do you want to do? Uh, I you mean, want making more pain. It, well, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it like be five days. Uh, so instead of the blinds going up uh, twice each day or whatever, it's just five blinds throughout. So you start at five hundred, five hundred, and end at like two k, four k. Yeah. Um, wow. So, so each each day is one stake higher. You want five days of this beautiful accent with B. Uh, Hanks and Jeffrey Platt on the ones and twos. The thing is, is that I I think it's very similar to like what we do with Poker Out Loud, where uh, the more you drag it out and allow it to become an event in and of itself, the more the underlying strategy rises to the top. So in this instance, like not only are they gambling for millions of dollars, but they have to also take into consideration uh, this this constant recalculating of the risk analysis because they're on a fixed budget, so they can just bust. And there's also incentive to win this pretty large or sizable side prize. And not, and not only that, on top of that, it also creates storyline. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think, like, if you did it over five days, now they don't have to redraw every break. Like, I thought that that was not great for the show. It was probably fine for the players. Like, they want as much randomness as possible. But it's not great for the show because (laughs) you're only getting six hours anyway. So you're really only getting, uh, I don't know, call it 150 hands a day. 
And now whenever you redraw two or three times in a day, you're only getting like 50 hands to 100 hands of uh, the actual metagame that is is kind of formed. Yeah, actually, I think I, I definitely agree with you. I would have liked changing um, any seats during the same day. Truth, truthfully, I think that the most, uh, the purest form of this is that they never redraw seats. They play five days straight. Like That's unfair, though. I mean, yeah. Well, it's it's random. It's sure. fair. It's, it's fair, just, but it's, like it's just like yeah, it could be frustrating. Yeah. But uh, this is the origin of the WSOP main event. This is what they did. They just played a cash game for uh, I think seventy two hours or something along those lines. <laughs> they all put up ten thousand dollars. They all put up ten thousand. We're gonna play till someone has it all. Uh, well, yeah. that that wasn't even what it was. I wasn't I don't it? think they fixed the buy in. Uh, it may have been a ten k buy in, but I think that's what it was. I, no, yeah. initially, like the first two or three World Series, they just voted on. Who, oh, they voted right. Yeah, at yeah. the end of it, so they but played they for like actually... seventy two hours. Wait, they, oh, played, for so they 70... played for seventy two hours. It was a fixed amount of time, not a fixed amount of money. What oh, did so they, they play for seventy two did... hours? Then they voted who played the best. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they just voted. Who I they think like Johnny Moss was like voted. I didn't realize they actually played. They all played a cash game. And then at the end of it, regardless of what happened, they said, who do you guys think to play, who played the best poker? And yeah. that's who won this event, yeah. even yeah. if they lost? Yeah. Was there money involved in that? Uh, no. Oh, it was like the, the first World Series bracelet. Yeah. yeah okay. That's iconic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It would never happen in today's game because everybody would just vote for themselves. Right. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a stipulation that you couldn't vote for yourself. Right. But still, I mean, having the democracy to be like, you know what? Yeah, he kind of played really I mean, fucking good and got unlucky. It was, he a wins. it was a really small pool back then. So, like, you know, there was the people that were willing to battle it out probably had a ton of respect amongst one another. Sure. And, you know, they, they probably had a hierarchy in their mind of, like, well, Johnny Moss is the fucking goat right now. He won a couple times, right? He I think he won one. the first two, maybe. Uh, and then it actually became a tournament format where Doyle uh, won back to back. So, back -to -back, you could yeah. argue that he was at the time the best poker player in. The common yeah, I mean, era. yeah, bro. There might have been like a dozen poker players in the world. Right. But they all disagree <laughs> that this guy was the best one. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. Can't happen now, obviously, because of scale. But anyway, uh, I think that the format was absolutely phenomenal. Like, yeah. so <laughs> engaging. The stakes are so fucking big. And obviously, by the time they got to the 2K, 4K, like, now nobody is really safe. Even Robo, who had like a pretty big lead and was out to like 1.6 million with, with a reload behind, they're playing 2K, 4K. He only has 400 bigs. Now, granted, he has everybody covered, but like, you know, Patrick wins a few pots and now all of a sudden, like, they're pretty close. He got real close for a second. Yeah. Right? It was like only like 100 or 200K off. Yeah, you're sweating the side bet. You're sweating the winners and losers, but there was a big flip at the bottom, too. Darkest came in as the big loser after two days. Mm -hmm. uh, and what ultimately ends up happening is Person comes in even going into day three. And is the first to bust in the largest cash game pot in history. What happened was exactly what we predicted was going to happen. Yeah. We're like, he's not going to win it all or just lose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was for sure boom or bust. Uh, I think we actually have that video. This pot is fucking insane. This is such a person pot, by the way. Um, as somebody who's had the opportunity to play with him <laughs> and, and watch him a fair amount. He is just obsessed with putting in a lot of fucking money when he has equity. Yeah. And he had no equity. Uh, do we have sound playing? No, I'm not getting any audio from Destiny. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's, that's yeah. actually better. We it can is, just talk it over. Yeah. Highly unfortunate to put in many money and have 0%. Yeah, so these, these hands were getting a little weird because some of the guys were just kind of like opening to insane amounts. Uh, so in this particular spot, uh, we see it's 1K, 2K. Person opens to 7K. 
which actually I think is probably a decent strategy for him and Rob. They want to up the variance. So like choosing these larger sizes, probably not that bad. Uh, Rob obviously has a call with Ace Deuce of Clubs on the button. Antonius has a clear squeeze. He makes it 30,000. So 15 bigs, pretty good. Uh, they're like 500 blinds effective. Dream fucking board. Dream board here for Antonius. Uh, I think he leads small. I think he leads 25k, but I could be wrong. He might go bigger. Oh no, he goes 35? Oh no, it's 25. That's 35. Yeah, 35. So it's it's whatever. It's a little bit big. He got 40, never mind. Yeah, person just check raise. 40's big. Person snap raises in position. Uh, I was screaming. Obviously, I could see the hands, but like I just because of the board texture, like you just have to know. You just have to know persons has an inferior flush draw almost 100% of the time. He just never has a good hand. Right. You just can't. Like he doesn't have nines, tens, jacks. And if he does, who gives a shit? You have ace king of hearts. Like let's run it. Mm. So like I'm screaming for Patrick the three bet. He finds the literal click. Raises uh, 110k more. It was an absolute click. So it went 140 to 250. And then just buries the fucking dream to end the hand. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you cripple the board now. You know he has an inferior flush draw. Maybe you just check and hope that, like, sometimes he bluffs or sometimes uh, the river's just a heart. I mean, this is a really bad card for Patrick. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, queens, kings, jacks, tens, they don't really want to bet. So I was like, yeah, maybe you just play check on this card. Like, you're pretty protected with this hand. I think I like check. He just goes fucking big, man. He goes 150. Goes full quarter pot. There's so many hands that we have that just don't want to do this. Yeah, I agree. But when person rips... I mean, Yahtzee. Yahtzee, you're a fucking genius. You got that nice big 0% next to his name. How often are you ever going to see that in a $2 million pot? call. Yeah, that's I don't know why. That's insane to me. That's I just, think it's just like, what's going on? Yeah, type it's just thing. like, okay, it's the biggest pot of like, my uh, life. To be fair, that was the quickest pot he played in with, yeah. over the three days. Yeah, that is true, too. So, yeah. you know. That is true too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to feel fucking good. <laughs> God, I know, right? Biggest pot in TV history. One guy's just stone <laughs> fucking dead. Watching this stone dead. Absolutely dead. dead. So this is this is uh, now. Granted, obviously, Patrick's hand is a little bit misleading when I say it was one pair. But this is what I'm talking about, where we literally witness a thousand big blind pot with one pair, mm-hmm. and the other guy is stone fucking dead. Yeah. This is the shit that I'm talking about when I say, like, high stakes is a different fucking animal, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to these games, and it's not, like, it gets swept up quick. Yeah. The action starts flying. The straddles get put on. Like, suddenly people forget how deep they are. They start flop raising on 8-3-3 when they never have a good fucking hand. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're just playing a fucking thousand big blind pot. Well, I mean, yeah. once you're in a spot where it's three and a half open call with the dead money also... Like Patrick's size out of position just has to be massive. Yeah, and even fifteen could be like be argued as like small. a little too small. Yeah, right. Because even though you have all of these chips behind, you definitely have portions of your range that do want to try to get many money in. Yeah, as, <laughs> guys, I'm sorry. At some percentage, I need to figure something out. Go ahead. What holiday is it today? President's, President's Day. Day. Fuck you all knew. I knew because My somebody told God. me. I didn't know. I'm surprised. I know. I'm surprised Berkey knew. It's my dad's birthday. Uh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I had no idea. You uh, you're not usually uh, you know like, I'm good you know with Christmas, the winter holidays. You know, yeah, you know like Christmas. And I know Martin Luther King Day. I know President's yeah. Day. Uh, I know you. I know St. Patrick's Day. 
Easter fucks me up. Well, it Easter's changes. different every year. Yeah, yeah it changes so every year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, no Christmas, Halloween, and uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, all the majors. I'm Speaking of President's Day, guys. I know Jimmy Columbus Day is in October. Unfortunately, is in hospice now. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Carter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was that. unfortunate. He had a good run, though. 98, 98 years old, yeah. right? 98. Mm-hmm. I think That's... I saw a post yesterday that said, uh, it must have been sometime last year, that 97-year-old um, President Carter was still uh, working Habitat, Habitat for Humanity. 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 I, it was yeah. like they're building houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, not there with, he's literally out there with a yeah, hammer, hammer and a nail. nail. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a beast. Yeah. yeah. No, that's crazy. Sure. 98 such a long time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there, there's no better way. Not that it's expected, but like, what better way to spend like the last two decades of your life than, uh, assuming you can afford to, mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, actually contributing and giving back. It's like, yeah. you don't he, have any reason to accumulate dollars anymore. He's probably, probably the president that is uh, like post-presidency has, has like helped out humanity in uh the best way probably crazy yeah it's crazy man crazy, crazy. imagine what he would have done winning a two million dollar pot more homes build some yeah, fucking build, houses build some baby yeah. some fucking a houses. bunch of nails so i believe that's the biggest pot ever played on any sort of live stream american pot they said i think ever oh they were uh, i mean poker go was saying american i know that pot, they were qualifying so, right but that's because they like, were, maybe they weren't Fully sure. That's why they didn't want well, to say it. The the other big pot was Triton, between right? yeah, it was Triton and it was between Coon and Kane Callis. I think is that right, or was it Coon and someone else? I know Coon played like at least a one point five million dollar pot with six five of hearts versus somebody else, but I thought he and Kane Callis, uh, where one of them had Ace Queen, the other one had sixes. I think. Am I right? Oh, ace, queen, and tens. That's right. Uh, 1.3... No, one, It was okay. 1.8 million euros. Euros. Okay, so that's still bigger. Yeah. So it was 50k less than the pot that was played... Uh, or, sorry, I, I guess it was like 100k less than the pot that Patrick won. But it was in euros. Right. So it's... And at the time... Yeah. At the time, euros... Were I was going to say, today's day and age, it might be... The biggest pot played. Well, uh, it, 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 it still. Well, if you take what yours are now, yeah, <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair. but but that, I mean, at the time, it was you know. Either way, uh, they rival one another. If you if you just go to the straight big blind amount, the one that uh, Patrick played was slightly larger in big blinds. They were both playing two K four. Well, actually, it was way larger because they were playing one K two K. Whereas uh, the Jason hand was two K four K, but. Um, yeah, we saw we saw record record breaking pots yesterday. The one point nine million dollar pot. Um, I believe there were two other pots that were over a million dollars. Darkest won a one point three million dollar pot. The aces versus queens. Yeah, yeah, that was yes, roughly one point three. So I'm, the, I I came into the stream late yesterday. I saw that Marcus had made a comeback. That was that was the hand. It was yeah, yeah. Aces, aces versus queens. queens. Then he won ace jack versus jacks. Yeah, but, I saw but, the ace let, jack versus jacks. Let's just yeah. not. He was out there. You know, he, he didn't miss a spot yesterday. Oh, no, let's was, not let's not no, put no. that past no, him. Marcus didn't miss a three bet spot at all yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean his. Well, his just overall card distribution and his spots were so much more fruitful yesterday. Yeah. Like, they were harder to miss. Let's put it that way. Good, good to see after losing four straight stand Five games. straight. Five straight. And, is, that, is that a real thing? Like, has yeah. that happened? Yeah. And he got 
like he had queens on the fifth one and lost to person's jack 10 off on jack jack x <laughs> where person just bet 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 and he somehow found a fold on the river like being buried and losing knowing he's about to lose his fifth right. stand-up game he still found a disciplined fold which was crazy yeah uh but he he didn't lose this last stand-up game because rob gave him a walk but the irony was he had ace jack of diamonds in the straddle so like <laughs> he was probably gonna win the pot anyway, or at yeah, least yeah. he was gonna go down fighting. Uh, Rob had like ten six offsuit, so uh, it's very likely he would have won it anyway. But yeah, I mean, he truly did run cold as ice the first two days. But yeah. you have to say that with a grain of salt. There was no aces versus kings. There was no set over set. There was no flush over flush. These are the types of things that can absolutely like get you out of eject you right. Like mm -hmm. um, I think that something that would have made the game very interesting is if instead of person playing a $2 million pot on day three, he would have just lost uh, a couple pots on day one and day two, or, or even just on day one where eventually like he goes bust up. Like if somebody doesn't make it out day one or somebody busts early on day two, now it kind of like, it's particularly interesting because now it's shorter handed. You're getting more hands in. Um, I guess somebody has a massive lead for the side bet, but there's a lot of fucking play left, yeah. and the stakes are going to rise a ton. One person gets very strategic, and four, four or five people, you know, yeah. start gunslinging. I will say, uh, <laughs> if if I could if I could implement one suggestion, it would be that straddles are limited in some some sense. Why? Um, I think that it's I think it's against the spirit of the format to constantly just raise the stakes to a point where everybody's just like a hundred big blinds. Yeah, when it's, I agree. When it's all set. Basically just put such importance on the final three hours yeah. that it makes the, it makes the duration of the three days less important. And we all watched cause it was the first time I, doing it. I kind of agree with but, you, but yeah, if they ran it back and told me that day one's going to be 500, 500, I just might not watch. Right, even though I should, because five hundred five hundred is a big fucking game. Can, yeah, like right. maybe more straddles early too, or something. Like I, I, I think I, I don't know. I love the last three hours. I think the issue, because like let's say they change the straddle number from four k to let's just call it like blow it out of proportion twenty fifty k. Yeah, yeah. Right now, chip lead doesn't matter as much and just gets handcuffed yeah. because it's way too likely that you win or mm -hmm. lose a pot that changes right. so much. I, I think, yeah. I think so, that, I think that from the production side, the thought process is like, Oh, we want it to be like a final table where chips are exchanging hands and big hands are being played. But the truth of the matter is what you put together was a beautiful, uh, kind of purest form of no limit hold'em where they're giga deep the whole way through. A lot of fun. But, are on the restricted bankroll of having case money on the table, yeah. right? And those two elements, I think, are fascinating and create a lot of really interesting, big, nuanced spots Super that both good. the casual fan and the nerd are absolutely going to love. What do you think about if somebody busts both of the like excess money, they're allowed to Buy still play but not be able to win the extra money I'm from open the side to bet? It. Uh, that's what people are saying about Eric when Eric busted they're like oh let but him it's back because in. Eric busted if Robo had busted nobody would have fucking offered him an <laughs> all yeah. branch yeah, yeah I mean I I probably would be against it I, I think it takes I think I, I love this format one thing I do want to say about what you just said though I would want to elevate the first two days as opposed to um I don't think losing, so man losing the the last three hours I don't think so do you, like do you so, think the first two days were like dull no, not at all, really. But the way, like, it's it's either you're basically either saying bring down the last three hours. Well, or it was originally scheduled to be one k, two k with a four k ante, and I would much rather see that. 
Yeah, the thing is... But instead, they played 1K, 2K, 4K with a 4K ante, and now Antonius, who's within striking distance, is opening 5X from every position. Yes, and that's I think that's kind of cool, though. Like, I think that brings, like, a whole nother atmosphere to it, because, like, it just... Kind of. It's, it's, it's fucking weird. It's not, <laughs> it's not weird. It, it's just, it's kind of whaley. And that's okay. It's okay to, like, have whaley, but, like, just let him open 5X for the normal 2K blind. Right, like uh, what? What I'm basically getting at is like I wouldn't want to see the field get so leveled. Uh, I'm using Patrick as the example because he was the one within striking distance. But if we put like Andy Bill in the lineup and he just can't really compete, but he's willing to be in the arena and try his hardest, right? Uh, by allowing the blinds to escalate so much that deep stack play gets all but taken away, and the person who has the most chips is in protection mode. What you ultimately have are just a bunch of short stacks getting the money all in until we're like three-handed or heads up. Yes, but if we don't do that, then what's the... The aim is not... In my opinion, the aim is to not eliminate people based off of variance. If people are going to get eliminated, it's because you want to see like well-crafted large pots come to be. Or something like what happened between Eric and Patrick. So here's the thing I want to push back for that is because, like, you want the excitement at the end, like, the last three hours. Like, if somebody's, like, Robo had that lead yesterday, right? And, like, the game didn't play that big. There would have been no chance at striking distance. That, that's okay. The side prize isn't why you're watching. You're watching no. because you get to see six hours of 1K, 2K. Of course, but the side prize, that, like, that brings a whole other element to the game that everybody's thinking about toward the end. Good. Right? Like, good. Take that meta into consideration. Robo's going to be more in lockdown, and they're going to be willing to gamble a little bit more, so their ranges maybe get a couple pips wider. But I don't think that it's great, especially whenever you're trying to get people in the arena, right? Like, for Darkest, for example, or if, like, I had my opportunity to play there. That, that side bet means a lot. Or even, like, MJ, for example, uh, knowing that, like, he's not playing his own money. That side bet means something, but to what degree, Right? Like, at what point are you yellowing it off because we're playing, you know, 1K, 2K, 4K, 4K Annie, and the average opening size is five big blinds, and now I'm 150 bigs deep. Like, am I really just going to be okay with ripping 600,000 in the middle with tens because it went like 5X open, 20X three bet in a button small blind scenario yeah. and I'm in the straddle. Like that's not good poker. That's not even really entertainment. That's just kind of being a victim to variance. And like, I, I'm, I'm speaking from experience of like being put in these scenarios where you're forced to gamble for more than you're really comfortable with. And that's okay. I'm willing to take that on. It's just, it's really shitty whenever you're just like having to play a medium stake tournament strategy. You know, I think that's just a cool part of the format though. Like you, like, you know that coming into the format, like, you know, well, th no, they, they didn't know that they, I'm, they, I'm they changed saying, the structure. Well, I'm just saying going into the next one, like sure. you kind of know that just going into the format. So why not play 5k, 10k? Um, with 6 million in play. I don't have any argument. Uh, the easy answer is because this is what's bad about MTT final tables. When you're playing for all the money, all you're watching is people try to carve out EV that's worth like fractions of a big blind because they have to manipulate small. So what should actually happen if you're playing 5k, 10k is people should be limping. People should be min raising. Uh, everything should scale down, mm -hmm. right? Because now the depth is gone 
and you're forced to play fewer streets before you're all in. Uh, the reality is, like, what made this game so beautiful is that they were so deep throughout that you know you're going to see a lot of five-street poker. And that, to me, is what you're showcasing whenever you're playing nosebleed cash like this. Right. If you want to play a million-dollar sit-and-go, play a fucking million-dollar sit-and-go. I don't care. It dilutes the post-flop strats a lot when it comes to more checking and small bets and defense. When yeah, I don't think... I, I personally don't think that the goal in a format like this should ever be to seeing a bunch of all-ins pre. It should be the opposite. It should be that there are almost never all-ins pre. Right. You know, barring something like what we saw with Darkest and Rob. Yeah. What are your thoughts on having... Uh, it's like a pot. What is it like a pot limit? Pot limit pre type of idea. I, I don't love it. Uh, I I think like it's cool to still just be able to do shit. You know what I mean? If somebody wants to 10x pot jam pre, fucking let them. Yeah. Yeah. I you don't know? like that at all. Um, I I like it for short deck. Uh, just because like you can't really make egregious errors pre. Mm. Um, but uh, again, this isn't even criticism. This this is just like it's just like personal preference. Thought. Yeah, yeah, it's just like personal preference. My opinion. Like I thought the show was fucking f fantastic. I can't tell you the last time that I watched eighteen hours of poker in a row. I can't tell you the last time I was so fucking intrigued of like what was just going on, like just like the strategy wise, and just like thinking about what other people yeah. are thinking. So originally they weren't going to stream this. The final two days, right? Correct. Yeah, so they they would, well, it was always going to be on Poker Go, but but no, but not was, on YouTube. Right, but what they were going to do was put the first one. The first day was going to be streamed. Then the then the next two days they were going to film it and edit it and put it out later. No, they're doing that anyway. I know they're doing that, anyway, but that's how that's what they originally were going to do. They weren't even going to stream it on Poker Go, and then they decided to just live stream the whole thing with day three being behind the paywall. Are you certain of that? I, I'm I'm almost positive because I was so surprised because they that's what they kept saying. They're like. You know, this is gonna this is gonna be uh, we're gonna we're gonna film it and then we're gonna clip it out. And we're gonna try to get it to you as soon as possible, and we're gonna you know just give you all the best parts of it. And then the next day, they're like, "It's actually happening. We're going to stream it live," and that's what they did. Fun yeah, I, I know that I know the decision was made to uh, which was I'm glad they did. Obviously, well, I know the decision was made to stream it live on YouTube for day two mm -hmm. that it wasn't originally. Right, I'm I'm relatively confident that they were planning on always having it live stream on PokerGo, and then they're going to break it down into episodes later. Yeah, like this maybe. is going to be the next season of No Gamble No Future, mm -hmm. obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that there's a world where they didn't plan on doing that, but that seems I very, was because no, I was shocked. Very foolish. Yeah. The, Regardless, it, what, was, it was amazing. If you had to guess, uh, what stream do you think has accumulated the most views uh, as far as like high stakes American poker goes? Or last weekend? No, total, ever. And how many views do you think it is? Ever? Like the biggest viewed stream. Like of, of the streams that currently exist, poker, would, go, poker Go, Hustler, Live I, at the Bike. I would say Live at the Bike just because it's been around for so long. In the last, you know, oh, year their archives don't even exist anymore. You forget that they didn't keep their stuff on YouTube. Yeah, they, they put it behind it. a paywall. Right. I mean, it would seem like Hustler just has yeah, like murdered like Hustler, but I'm yeah. guessing it's not. So, do, if, if you can, if you can think about it, like, what stream do you think it was, and how many views do you think it was? It was the Botez Mr. Beast Tommy stream. It was not. That's second. Wow. How many? How many views do you think that one got? That uh, that one got like 2.5 million. No, 1.2. Really? Oh. I, I misunderstood what you were asking. I thought you meant like which house got the, gets the most out total. Yeah, yeah, no, right, no, no. right, right. You That's mean what, what exact too. stream? What, what was the most? What was the most viewed stream in right. in history? Jack yeah. forehand. 
No, that one only has a half a million views. Really? Or 600K. It's like half of the book. Or maybe 700K. It's That's because like, everyone just watched the one hand on so it. I, no, I was shocked. I thought for sure that was going to be it. So is it the Juan um, IV? Yeah, it was the one that I played. Juan Ivy, yeah. me, Garrett, Lucky. Yeah. And it was 1.5 million. Wow. That number was so low in my mind. I thought, like, we talked about it on Friday. We were like, how many views do you think this will get on, on YouTube? because of the, the stream was going to be on Friday. I'm like, with these stakes and these players, like with PokerDose production and everything else, like million easy, easy, minimum million. Now I think it might be like 500K. That's weird. That's wild. It, it really is. I, like, I can't believe it's only 1.5 million. The poker streaming market's a lot more capped than I think we realize. Well, you know what the biggest video of all time is? Not from a stream, just some, uh, I don't know if it's all time, but from WPT, because I was looking because they have some old stuff. Yeah. They have this one video, uh, Legends of Poker Final Table, a year ago. They got 17 million. But it's probably from like 2008. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. 17 million. So that, yeah, like there you go. That, that's the big disparity. So a produced... WPT final table of legends where, you know, probably if I had to take a guess, it's from early 2000s and Chino Ream fucking won it. Is that true? I don't know. Oh. Chino's, chip, Chino's chip leading the fucking circuit right now. Of course he is. He's, he's due for a big event. Uh, but like that, that produced final table with a, a poker OG from the early 2000s got 17 million views. The most watched high stakes live stream of all time where i mean granted the biggest winner i think was like 400 or 500k so not even that much but you know name recognition ivy dirt uh garrett etc only 1.5 and this this stream that we just watched where they played you know upwards of 2k 4k millions of dollars on the table it has to be the most money ever on a table for sure yeah at least in america uh, six million on the table give or take i think the reason might be because of the stream duration because it's just eight hour live stream mm -hmm. and maybe the algorithm doesn't pick up on it as well where this produced oh, how long was the produced one 24 minutes yeah uh, so i'm that, sure that, that for sure has, has something to do something with it, to do with it yeah who wants to watch like click on a youtube video and then watch an eight hour stream but the oh. irony the irony is the the clips don't perform nearly as well as the streams all of the streams outperform their clips with the exception of like the jack four i i don't know what the jack four clip is but i would bet that that <laughs> actually that'd be a good one to find out that actually might have more views than the most watched live stream on hustler which would be right. no shock i guess um yeah, if that one's not over 2 million, I guess I would be more surprised. No, it's not. Uh, the most insane hero call in poker history from Hustler Casino Live has 800k views. Wow. That was but, four months ago already. I wonder if there's wow. a, lot, a lot of those like that have like 600. Oh. Doug also made a video uh, four months ago about it. It got 450. Doug also made a new evidence video that got 870. Yeah. Right? So when it comes to totaling up all the stuff and content around it, sure, sure, I'm sure. sure it gets close, but yeah, individually. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it's all about like, you know, where, where can we rank uh, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like at some point. You know what? Uh, real quick, sorry. Just got to give a shout out to my boy. The biggest video ever created from poker, I think, and it's not even poker. But it's what Joey made the Conor McGregor Khabib yeah, yeah, yeah. video. Yeah. That got 25 Thir million. Oh, I what? thought it was like 32. 25 million four years ago. What was uh, his wild. fight one? 
That is that is. Look it. up his fight video. That, that is. That's that the is fight. About. No, the inside the casino fight. Oh. Yeah. That, that, uh, less. Uh, way less. Way less. Way less. Yeah. yeah. Way less. Right. But but definitely seven figures. I think it's just, and that video is twenty five minutes long, and it has to do something. I'm sure with the algorithm retention, like what's popping, like legitimately. Yeah. Also, like WPT is like a twenty four seven channel, right. and you but know, poker's just so niche, dude. Did you guys watch? Sorry. Did you guys watch any of the lodges this weekend? Uh, I caught a couple uh, highlight hands. Yeah, so much stuff going on, dude. I, I, saw, yeah, like, no, I only saw right. some highlights too, but I, I, somebody wrote in the chat that we, we missed that if we did not watch it, and I also heard from other people. Oh, I saw I saw popping. one of the one of the recreationals just torture fucking Brad Owen. Oh, he just ruined the uh, the Jack Ten Nine. Yeah, no, the Ten Seven. Uh, so he four bet or he, he either three bet or four bet called Brad, who had Ace King of Clubs. And uh, the recreational had 10-7 of hearts. So there was like, I don't know, 40 or 50K in the middle, and they were like 70K effective. Okay. Uh, comes like 10-8-6, one club. Brad C-bets, and the guy just rips. <laughs> and Brad calls off. <laughs> and then it turns like, you know, the queen of clubs or something, giving Brad a combo draw, and mm -hmm. it was just a brick. Yeah, of course. I genuinely think that when there's a time that poker becomes more mainstream, which is potentially possible in the very near future that clips and engagement from that will rise. I guess that's what I'm kind of trying to, to talk about here as far as, uh, you know, the, the, the final conversation before we get out of here. Um, where, where does this all land us? Because it's clear that poker is as popular as it's ever been. It's 100% right? booming. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not what it was. It will never be what it was during the boom. Right. It's, yeah. it's too mature of a, uh, of a market now, but we are feeling this like second wave of a lot of interest taking place in our little space. And I think that, you know, tournaments have always been what we've packaged and highlighted to the audience. And tournaments are definitely where the majority of the money is being funneled into. But there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of meat on the bone, let's say, for high stakes cash games to kind of draw people in like the the big numbers are still uh, a giant shiny object to the audience why are you cringing because i think that it gonna... doesn't really relate to the general audience and it will encapsulate the people that have money in general and can potentially make poker mainstream from that regard but the number of money being exchanged from one person to another already is giga rich isn't really fathomable to the common person. Yeah, but, but I don't think that matters when you're talking about sport. They don't they don't watch a baseball game and think I could be Barry Bonds. Yeah. No, but they like the idea of Barry Bonds and like kids think it's possible. Yeah, and I think same holds true for high stakes cash, right? Where I think the path like, to high stakes cash from call it zero to a hundred from call it grinding cash games to then getting to that uh, gets limited and it gets seen from live casino games all the time where most things are privatized. Maybe I don't know that the the average Joe is really in on like uh, inside enough to recognize that like if he worked really hard he couldn't play five hundred one k someday. I think the storyline of having no money to then winning many money is what's appealing to most, and that's going to stay that way. I think that cash games definitely bring eyes to the market, but I don't think people look at high stakes cash anymore in the same way that it used to from high stakes poker and poker after dark where i generally thought a couple years ago like oh that could definitely be me because the amount of work that gets put into it and then the other like politics that go into it yeah um uh, uh, that's always been the case though you've just 
yeah. gained inside information. Yeah, That's the like, only reason your opinion changed. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were just part of the audience still, you'd still have that same Like, dream. you think in 2007 it was easy to just get on Poker After Dark? Like, anybody could no, do it? No, I actually had this conversation uh, with someone. They're like, it's always been this way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since the dawn of time. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. if you get to play with Guy Liberté, it's because somebody likes you enough to give you a high EV spot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, nothing's really changed as far as, like, the politics go. Well, the change was TV, right? Kind of. It just moved to the internet. Yeah, well, that, that does a great, that's a great thing, though. Like, the, the bigger the audience comes, the, then more sponsorships will come in, which means more money will come into poker, which would just be good for the space. And, and I don't mean, like, bringing it back to TV, if that's the answer. But when it comes to numbers, obviously, more people have <laughs> eyes on it from the TV, general populace-wise, versus yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. intentionally trying to find a niche Well, that's stream. what I guess I'm getting at, is, like, with this clear new interest that we have and with there being more content available than ever where I, I mean collectively it just seems like we're missing the mark as far as uh, finding that that niche way of packaging it in such a uh, in such a manner that somebody emerges right right now nobody's really doing anything to become the WPT staple or the WSOP staple that we all recall from our time coming up throughout the boom era. Same thing with high stakes poker and poker after dark. These were all brands that were so far beyond any, like nobody would even dare compete. We're, so we're talking about the stream houses. Yeah. So like, well, not just the stream houses, well, just but marketing in general. But yeah. Marketing and content in general, everybody now. So where nobody would even dare compete with these Titans of the industry back during the boom. Now it's all regressed to the mean where everybody's a competition. And like, you know, this is no shot at the lodge. I think what they're doing is absolutely great. But like, by all accounts, it's because it's so new, because uh, the pool that they're pulling from is so much smaller, like compared to Poker Go, it should be a second tier stream. But they're competing on the same platform and they're not that far behind. I think their stream got like 100K. I could be wrong. Maybe I was looking at something older. But basically, like they could do numbers in the in the six figures right like they're mm-hmm. not doing millions yet and i imagine that this one for poker go will but poker go is not going to do another live stream for a year i think there is some sort of uh realization that back in the day when it comes to the marketing where they propped up ivy naganu helmuth where they became household names mm-hmm. that isn't really the case anymore when it comes to people being the face of certain things that are household and mainstream where let's say WPT then has somebody for them that's like the face of WPT where like they get W's, people then realize, oh, like this guy wins all the time, right? And he went from X to Y and then here's the progression, here's the journey and here's how he did it through tournaments. That then becomes recognizable and relatable because right now people see poker as just this space. But that's like the old template, right? Like yeah, maybe storylines. and Yeah, but maybe mm-hmm. now it needs to evolve into a... Uh, I think now we're at the point of the evolution where we need the NFL, we need the NBA, we need the MLB, where it's like, of course, there are stars well within that umbrella, but the brand itself is what what people... Like, call it the USPA, like the United States Poker Association. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Please please do not take that name. (laughs) Please, for the love of Uh, God. How many USP... What it, what is it? I don't know. It's every <laughs> golf and tennis tour ever created. Right, but they work. I understand what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, but yes, to that to that point, right? Like, and golf is kind of going through this right now. I don't know if you guys saw this uh, documentary, Full Swing, 
or docuseries Full Swing on Netflix. Fascinating. I'm not a golf fan. Incredible. Totally locked in and engaged. Have you ever not watched a documentary? No, I love them all. <laughs> I like to learn, man. It's fun. Um, Learning is fun. But the PGA is going through this right now where there's this spinoff league called Live that the Saudis are creating and they're dumping infinite money into it and offering like 10x contracts to PGA stars. Right. So they're pulling a lot of the biggest household names out of the PGA because they're on the back end of their career and they know their earning power is decreasing year over year. Instead, they're being offered like giga money to go play these watered down events in uh, Saudi Arabia where yeah. it doesn't matter how they perform because nobody gives a shit. <laughs> they're just there to be celebrities. The same way whenever we brought Beckham to LA to play soccer. Right. right? He, was just a, uh, he was just a show pony. Yeah. Like when uh, Ronaldo... Uh, yeah, went for the massive contract. Yeah, so like when uh, Moneymaker went to ACR? No, not like that. <laughs> uh, Titans of the industry. So like forever, golf was just directly correlated to the PGA. Personally, as somebody who doesn't watch golf all that often, I couldn't name you anything else involved. Like I know all the majors and I know that they all fall under the PGA umbrella. Yeah, like there's the FedEx Cup and there's some other stuff going on like race-wise and points and sure. different stuff going on every Sunday. But it, but they're all PGA-sanctioned tours, right? Mm -hmm. So everything still fell under the quote-unquote league, right. right? And I think that that's what we're getting to is like the reason why we're so disheveled within this industry, for better or for worse, right? Because the amount of autonomy that we all have where we can all independently do whatever the fuck we want and we can work with whoever the fuck we want and we can signal boost whoever the fuck we want, like that's a nice liberty to have. But it restricts us from bringing in and concentrating a lot of money into the space. I think, it, I think it's hard, right? Because you, you would have to have someone come in with so much money that they could buy out the WSOP, buy out WPT, buy out Triton, buy Not out necessarily. all this, and then put them all together no, they under have to one work umbrella. Together. Yeah, you no. don't have to buy them. You just need somebody to organize working together. You just have to incentivize them to be a part of the league. Right, exactly. Well, so, well okay, okay, yeah. So you get Vince I, that's, McMahon. That's tough too. Right? You take, you I mean, take, it depends. You, you do one or the other, right? You either buy them out and then collectively make them this group, or you. Well, have, I think buying them out them. is worse for all parties involved, including the person who would potentially be the buyer. Because yeah, you can uh, still have their own series within it. Like you can still have like a Triton series like, that's I, under I, the umbrella of the like what Poker uh, Goes what, does. What would their incentive be to do that? Money. Yeah, you just give them money to then you, be you would have affiliated to the, with the brand. The marketing power. So you of, don't buy them out. You just pay them to be part of, which yeah. is similar. Well, you wouldn't even but, necessarily have right. to pay, right? Like there sure. could just be mutual exchanges of value. Like it's sure, just, it might cost some funds, but it's just like when WPT goes to win, kind yeah. of. Well, win pays, for, win pays for that. Yeah, but... They license. But yeah, yeah I understand what you're saying. Like, right. yes, yeah, some sort of exchange could take place. Uh, but more importantly, what has to happen is at some point, um, the players and the operators have to unite. And I think that that's where the big divide is. And what, what ultimately comes of there being this uh, div dividing interest between the players and the operators is that all of the content and marketing that comes out is now going through two different funnels. So you have players that are trying to build brands and market themselves individually while signal boosting some of the operators that they work with. But it's, it's a lot of fucking noise, right? Because it's just whoever's throwing a little bit of petty cash at them at the time or a little bit of opportunity. And nobody's really aligned with anybody. Nobody has any allegiance with the exception of like Daniel, who's just for the last couple of decades, clearly 
a WSOP guy. Now he is currently clearly a GG guy. Like, but he's getting giga money for it, right? It is kind of cool too when Just you think about it from the poker sense because for all of the other things, call it the MLB, call it the PGA, people involved are certified like professionals, right? Yeah. They're known as professionals in the space where in poker, that wouldn't be the case. People would then become poker professionals. You don't need to have a license. For, like for PGA, you have to go well, on You have to have tour. a qualifying tour card, but you could, you could make it... Whether you have whether you actually create a card or not, I'm saying that's not is irrelevant. Happen, right? that, that's irrelevant, but you could create metrics that you have to that, that qualify you as a pro or an amateur. Do Poker's you think that's your, a good thing? I don't. It might be a. It could be it a bad people thing. Some people out. Yeah, like, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. Um, poker should be played for everyone. And why you don't have to restrict the I, people playing to being pro or am? You could just have a qualifier of if they get points or not. Yeah, like there's PGA teaching professionals where I they mean, are so, pute- like. Pute- effectively part of the pga like, is a like every event could be a pro am yeah no i get what you're saying it's I, just their the points yeah. go to the pro it's like and then the amateur can, can collect points and if they collect enough then they become pro like everyone can still play like golf. you can make it a very equitable system yeah. yeah i mean all right why can't everyone just get points i just said everybody could but they would just be vying for different prizes the amateur would be trying to qualify to become a professional the professional would be vying for whatever additional uh, value is being added by the league. And why are we um, separating the amateur and professional from the start? Because, what do you mean? Like, as far as, like, qualifying goes? Yeah. Because like, you have to market something unified. Like, there, there has to be some level of uniform marketing. That's what's lacking right now <laughs> as far as, like, our growth goes. If, if you don't have... And maybe you don't have to separate them, but I think that it creates... Uh, a pretty strong drive for both correct both amateurs best, and right. professionals yeah, yeah you're 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 an amateur and you want to be a pro so you're yeah. going to study right, we already have it with the gpi just, index mm-hmm. right yeah and it's like you know whether you just draw a line of demarcation of like you know if you finish above x yeah. then you get all these perks and then there's these side storylines of this person who's yeah. was you and, know nobody and then he rose up to yeah. become and uh, more importantly you could just have card. you could just have yeah. professional events similar to the pga where you have to make the cut uh wherever like points wise or, or whatever so you have to be a professional in order to get in and then once you do get in, uh, there's a concentration of value that's being kicked back to the people who are performing. Right. Yeah. Right. Like imagine that instead of six people who had a million dollars to play that game, imagine that that was the final prize that they played for at the end of the year. Yeah. You get to play a million dollar cash game for three days where, uh, you know, the, the, the buy-in is fronted. Right. Imagine like there is a structure that is in place for the top that then because you've done this this year, you get this benefit. Correct. And it makes people want to strive and vie for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. You know, we're just throwing ideas around. You know, we don't yeah. have anything in, st- yeah, in just, stone. We're just working something out we're here, just, you know? We're just trying to figure out... The, uh, the logistics don't matter that much. I think the, the, the bigger point that I'm trying to hammer home is that there is a great divide between how the game is being marketed and operators market it one way while players market it the other. And the problem is that there's a lot of conflict there. And there's a lot of um, crossover boosting that takes place where there's no actual allegiance, right? So, uh, you know, Landon's an ignition representative for uh, really? for for one year, and he signal boosts them, and then suddenly he's not, right? <laughs> and then like, the very next day, he's suddenly just like signal boosting, like you know, ACR or WSOP or something else. And it's like, oh, I thought he was an ignition pro. It's like no one no one pays attention, no one follows closely enough. You know what I mean? So 
There just isn't really an outsider's... There's nothing that makes them tune in every Sunday the way the NFL does. Or the way that uh, majors are for the PGA. Correct. Quarterly, monthly, But this weekly. poker stream was something that everyone in the community watched. This fucking week was phenomenal. It was bussing. Every, it was phenomenal. For real. No four, no major, four major stream houses all out there cracking like maybe not breaking their own streaming records or anything like that but like engaging hundreds of thousands of eyeballs the four stream houses yeah. of the apocalypse <laughs> sure, sure. um yeah i don't know it's just food for thought I, I think it's a it's an interesting discussion and i think it's one that um we're evolving like it's very clear we're evolving we're becoming more of a uh, mature market and with that comes media with that comes marketing with that comes churn with that comes acquisition models with that comes new tech you know what i mean like we're maybe seeing all this, this uh, unravel before our eyes that's what the podcast is for man we're just here to spitball and the right maybe the right people see it yeah, maybe we're and we have influence one and of the arms who knows this is our purpose <laughs> we're the heart our divine intervention yep <laughs> um we become constantine <laughs> yeah or tortue Get me the fuck out of here. Man. Go, the end the show. All right. I just want to let you guys or remind you guys that we do have an Academy coming up April 15th to the 18th. That's going to be our final poker out loud Academy for the year. If you guys are interested in partaking, uh, be sure you sign up. I think we still have a few seats available. You can head over to Academy dot Make sure that you sign up for the April poker out loud one. If you're interested, we also have a, MTT Academy coming up May 24th to the 27th. This is going to be your prep for the WSOP. It's going to be a four-day event similar to the old style where we uh, do uh, lecture in the morning, gameplay in the evening. And uh, that's basically going to be a four-day structure where you're going to go through the different segments of MTTs each day, similar to what we just saw in this hybrid format of cash. The blinds are going to escalate. We're going to get from the beginning stages to the middle to the end. The fourth day, everybody will be playing a final table. They'll be dealing with their uh, chips that they carry through, working out the ICMs in the morning during the class, and trying to play accordingly. If you're interested in that, head to academy.solferwide.io. Click the banner at the top. It will take you to the right place. That's May 24th to the 28th, right before the WSOP begins. That's going to do it for us. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you get Come out of here right just like that. What do you mean? With your gaslighting um, poll that you put in the thing. <laughs> best dunker of all Vince time. Carter got 61%. That was not the argument. The argument was the best performance at the dunk contest. You got MJ getting 26% of the votes. He shouldn't even be in the conversation. You're an idiot, man. He, he is literally no, the not, guy no. who created the dunk contest. Like, Stop it, man. It's go, over. Go away. It's so over. Right, Get out of here. All right. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>